0: Boom. And we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winner, and I'm here with always the rebellious, medical misinforming, Dr. Bear Paul Lando, getting us in naughty timeout. You've been so naughty, Dr. Lando, yeah, getting yeah. us in timeout from the douche tube. So we're not streaming on douche tube right now. We are on Unite Live and Odyssey and Telegram and Fakebook still. Uh, so, uh, we do this every the stream every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. You can join us sometimes on DoucheTube, uh, but we will be always on Unite.live. So, please join us there. That is the great Sayer G's platform, and he's been massively supportive of us. And so, um, definitely want to check us out there. And then, uh, of course,
1: on-, back on someday. I, uh, I'd love to have another talk with him.
0: Yeah, I'm going out to Miami to hang with him uh, next month to speak at a uh, conference that he hooked us up with. So, uh, big hug for me. I will, I will. Um, But today we have somebody who knows Sayer, and I believe right, John, and is uh, uh, definitely on that same level of shifting the field, the worldwide field of consciousness, with all of his amazing projects. We're so fortunate to have. John Bush with us today as we dive into a commitment to self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency a possibility for you. Homesteader John Bush joins us today as your guide to self-determination regardless of your present circumstances. Many folks now agree that uh, shit's definitely going to hit the fan uh, here very soon the time is here. Most likely, uh, more than ever, people from all walks of life are exploring the self-sufficient lifestyle through homesteading as an avenue to weather the storm. Do you find yourself in an urban environment short of time and resources to even consider such a thing? Is the thought of slopping the pigs in the early a.m. not your thing? John Bush has walked the talk of making the homesteading commitment, and he'll be your A to Z guide if you're considering such a journey, riding the fence or just plain feeling that it's an impossibility will dispel all notions of such an undertaking, both idyllic and daunting, for the many now aware that the welfare of our country and families will be determined by us alone. John Bush is a radical activist, entrepreneur, and father of two based in central Texas. His education into the concepts of anarchism and agorism refocused his energies on promoting alternative institutions like cryptocurrency, regenerative agriculture, and mutual aid groups. In 2005, he laid out his vision for Freedom Cells, peer-to-peer mutual aid groups that work together to find more freedom for those involved. The Freedom Cell Network now has over 30,000 participants and stretches across the globe. John has a keen interest in natural health through his company, Brave Botanicals, and recently launched the Live Free Academy, an education enterprise that aims to help people find financial independence and sovereignty in their lives. His upcoming Homesteading on a Budget online workshop is not to be missed as it gives invaluable tools and strategies for exiting the cities for a better, more self-sufficient life without breaking the bank. Dr. Lando is presently in his fourth generation of Homestead Creations, so be sure we'll have ample firsthand experience to share. Uh, We're going to go deep into all of these lovely uh, solutions-based ideas today. It's nice to get back to um, some solutions we've been having a lot of fun of recent going into all sorts of ideas like simulation theory and the holographic universe and all the the core science and physics behind it. But in the end, uh, these are the the things that we do on the daily. So it's wonderful to have you on today, John. Uh, Dr. Lando, I know this is going to be a fun chat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. John, thanks for being with us and good to meet you. We haven't had a chance to talk yet. So good to Thank see you. you. And uh, from the People's Republic of California, we'd like to wish all the folks in the uh, Free Republic of Texas a fond hello. Quite uh, <laughs> a contrast in uh, state government. But, um, but anyway, good to have you here, buddy. And, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and uh, this, of course, is uh, one of our favorite topics since uh, we're old homesteaders. You know, my wife and myself, uh, we started our first one in 1975. And uh, because we thought it was about to hit the fan uh, back then, (laughs) we were up in the hills off grid raising chickens. I just did 10 shifts a month in the hospital. And, um, you know, we're were kind of making our own way. Uh, That was in the hills up in Northern California. And then we uh, uh, had our second homestead on uh, a 12 acre parcel and a little mini plantation in Hawaii. So we got to Learn about homesteading in the semi tropics, and uh, now since we've been back from the mainland for a few uh, to the mainland for a few years, we've uh, uh, started our second farm or homestead here. And I think what people uh, really need to understand is that you know the it does require a lot of work. It's a lifestyle. It is a commitment, as you're going to talk about today. But it's not necessarily slopping the pigs, uh, you know, at 4 a.m. every morning either. You know, my wife and myself are starting a little um, uh, video series ourselves. We call it uh, Elegant uh, Off-Grid Living, you know, because we actually live pretty nice here. You know, we provide everything, our own power. We're totally on our own. We're way out in the boonies, but we have a great lifestyle. It's uh, We're not roughing it because we been a lot of years creating a grid, but it doesn't happen overnight. And here we are, you know, a lot of people say, well, how can I do that? it's easy for you and it's like well we've been doing it for a lot of years and so it's taken us about 40 plus years to get here so uh you got to have a little patience and on also realize that you don't just plant a vegetable garden and eat the next day so john uh welcome again uh let us know where you want to start here because uh you know maybe maybe we'll start this way you know, like everything else in life, homesteading is kind of an inside job. You got to start working on yourself first before you get there. And it's not just about, uh, you know, the outer form. So so what's your first step that you'd recommend for everybody? And did we lose Mike there?
2: Um, uh, there he is. Ah, I'm, uh, here. I'm
1: just I'm just backstage. Go ahead. All oh, right. On.
2: So I think. Really, like you said, it is an inside job. And one of the first steps to homesteading or stepping into a more proactive state where you're focused on solutions and improving your life is to become really conscious of your mindset. And unfortunately, there's a lot of folks in our Freedom Truth Health Freedom community that are trapped in this victim mentality. Uh, There's so much news, so much information about all these terrible things and treacherous plots Uh, against people. And so I think it's really critical that folks recognize that we have the ability to create a life of abundance, a life where we're not just surviving, but we're thriving. And it all starts with recognizing the power that we all have to consciously craft a life of our dreams. So I would encourage people to start there to be through mindfulness, to become more conscious of the thought patterns and the self-imposed limiting beliefs that so many people have. And when you can recognize those thoughts and those limiting beliefs, you can begin to interrupt them and replace them with empowering thoughts. And so one of the things that I've become very conscious of in helping people is uh, recognizing folks, self-imposed limiting beliefs, helping them to see past them. And so that's why we choose a lot of the workshop topics that we do like this homesteading on a budget workshop Because through the exit and build land summits that we've done over the past year, uh, one of the biggest objections people have to moving out of the city, buying land, building community in the country, becoming more self-reliant is they say, I don't have the money to do it. So we're trying to teach people and show them that you can do it even on a shoestring budget. And at the end of the day, if you don't have a lot of money to fulfill your goals and dreams, there's also ways to bring in more money to your life so you can make it easier to pursue happiness.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Sorry, I'm being a little bit sad, a little static. Uh, Mike, you let me know if if it's my connection or not. Anyway. um, Yeah. So true, John. And, you know, what people have to do is just reset themselves back to earlier times. I think, you know, we've all had such a different lifestyle and expectations of other people doing things for us. Uh, you know, once upon a time, even in my lifetime, uh, people always worked on the shoestring, but then manifested uh, very powerfully, uh, you know, farms, you know, I, my extended family were dairy ranchers, they came over from the old country, didn't have any money, just kind of had to do, you know, whatever it took to get started. But that was the mindset back then. And, um, you know, I think we have to kind of shift back to a former way of thinking. And also, you know, as as Mike said in the intro there, you know, about hitting the fan, um, you know, we're walking into a lot of situations right now, you know, everything from food shortage to you-know-what. And I've been crying wolf for a long time now, Mm -hmm. but it's actually here now and people really need to understand that. So uh, maybe we can also talk about uh, those of us that are homesteading, if we want to call it that, how maybe we can also group together with other homesteaders and share infrastructures and support each other in all sorts of ways. But, um, you know, wherever you want to take it from there. And then, uh, you know, also uh, tell us what you're addressing in your program. Sure, sure. So
2: uh, I couldn't agree more. There is strength in numbers. And we, it's more important than ever that we band together with like-minded people. And when I say like-minded people, I mean people that recognize our bodily autonomy. They recognize our nature as free, powerful, beautiful human beings, as Derek Rose puts it. And one thing that we've, ju- that we've done to help facilitate that is the Freedom Cell Network. So I super excited to announce that we just relaunched our website, freedomcells.org, freedomcells.org. And uh, we've spoke about it before. We talked about it at the event. And essentially, it is a space where people can come together and find other folks that believe in the principles of liberty and that are no longer focused so much on the problem. Rather, they are ready to create, to co create the solution. So, there's all sorts of folks into homesteading. There's folks that are pulling their kids out of government school and creating little homeschool co ops. There's people that are purchasing land together. In order to do an intentional community which is a big dream of a lot of people in our community so really a lot of what i want a message that i want to convey and that i do in my work is for folks to project a vision for themselves as far as where they want to be in the future an ideal scenario and when doing so shoot for the stars like picture a beautiful sexy life that is like a life of your dreams where you have abundance and you have money and you have Anything you could want in life, a a thriving, healthy family with educated, happy, healthy children. And then you got to start asking yourself, how is it that I'm going to get there? And that's why I really focus a lot on strategy. you focus on the strategy. What do I need to do now in order to set myself up for success in the future? And so one of the things that really helps immensely is finding people that are on the same path as you. There's that expression, your network is your net worth. So you, you haven't brought up, you know, banding together with other people, sharing supplies, sharing resources. That's something that we're aiming to do with the Freedom Cell Network. We have over thirty-three thousand participants globally in this network. So for folks that are wanting to homestead, start their own business, learn to use alternative currencies, whether it's silver or cryptocurrency or cordal, for example, um, then I think really the Freedom Cell Network is a great place to start. And like I said, we just relaunched the website. It's really intuitive really easy to find people there's a map you can uh, put a pin on don't use your home address use a park down the street or a coffee shop so we're hoping to leverage this network so it can help facilitate the transition to a peaceful voluntary society and like you said i've been banging on it for years and years and years that the economy is going to collapse we're totally screwed the supply chain is vulnerable and insecure and i think it's an easier sell now Uh, that people are experiencing the pain of inflation, and they're going to the grocery store and seeing shelves that are empty. So never before has it been more important that people take active, proactive steps in order to become more self-sufficient, more self-reliant, whether it's growing food on the back patio, um, participating in a community-supported agriculture program where you pay monthly and you have vegetables you can go pick up. Uh, My good friend, Nomad Brad, he's going to be co-teaching this workshop we're doing, the Homesteading on a Budget Workshop. It's taking place September 3rd. He just recently organized a meat share where we brought together, I don't know, like 20 different folks from our Freedom Cell, our local Freedom Cell community. And we managed to purchase an entire cow and get hundreds of pounds of beef that we then split up into these shares. And people uh, came and picked them up. We distributed them from my house. So we have a huge deep freezer full of meat. And it's just kind of wild at a time when people are feeling, feeling really scarce and afraid about their food. We have an abundance of food because we've consciously and proactively taken steps to prepare and to live a life of abundance. Anyone can do that. It's not some special thing to reserve for leaders in the community or whatever. You just have to make that decision that you're going to shore up your reserves, that you're going to take better care of yourself and your family, and then take massive action to reach those goals.
0: You sound like a Neville Goddard, Goddard fan, John.
2: I'm not familiar. Tell tell me more.
0: Oh well, it's just like the new thought um, uh, kind of revolution that came out at the beginning of the 20th century into the into the 50s, 60s. It was this this idea that uh, we live in a mental universe, and so what we think and what our mental projections are is the uh, what we manifest it's manifestation. Right. It's this idea that um, we can. There is no victimhood, right? There is this everything in our life is is due to how we uh, project our consciousness and so neville goddard was a, a big uh kind of um you know role player in that movement as well as um bear who was the other guy you talk about all the time that was a huge like one of the original manifestation success guys um napoleon hill napoleon, napoleon hill God. yep yeah. same same uh and wallace b waddles who was earlier uh, and this is an important aspect that, of course, the inversion of society or the, the mainstream has uh, done everything in their power to get uh, mainstream normies to uh, uh, see this as selfishness, right? As this is like capitalism or what, whatnot, where if you're trying to, uh, you know, uh, manifest your own dreams, then you're stepping on somebody else. Um, but it's <laughs> far from that. Uh, So in order for us, you speak of Cordal. I think Cordal is a great analogy of how the reality works, because in order for the network to thrive, each individual node needs to be healthy and needs to be crushing it on their own. Otherwise, you have a weak network, which is what Normie world is. It's a fractured, weak, pathetic network because everybody's relying on everybody else or really the state um to uh you know mommy and daddy government to save them so i I just wanted to bring that up because that's a huge thing we talk about all the time here is manifestation and the idea of um this being a mental universe so that really it's up to us to put our thought projections out there and then those will literally turn around into the physical reality uh so that's great you brought that up uh barry you were going to say something
1: well you know at the beginning of the century um not the the one we're in now, but the, the one before, I guess, um, 95% of the people were self-employed. And at present time, it's exactly flip-flopped, uh, the other way around a nation of employees. And over half of those people are employed directly or indirectly by the government. Now, if you think about it, the whole employee. Now, I know I've, most people have jobs and everything out there, but, you know, again, that's part of the thinking that we really have to undo. And I think the the events of the last couple of years has been, uh, you know, great in it. A lot of people have lost their jobs. And for the folks that aren't just home smoking weed and collecting unemployment, you know, the rest of everybody is out there actually making things happen again. And when you're an employee... Uh, you know, you have a, a self-limiting uh, situation there. You know, you can only rise so much. You can, you, you know, you have to learn, live in certain areas. So I see that shifting now. And, you know, it goes right into the homesteading mentality, too, where when you have your own place, you provide for your own needs. There are no limits. Uh, you know, you can think as big as you, you know, possibly care to. And uh, you also have a degree uh, and a lot of autonomy. You know, it's up to us as far as how much we want to be left alone. So, John, with that in mind, for the folks that may not understand terms like anarchy and agorism, uh, what does that mean to you?
2: Oh, sure. Well, um, I got into libertarianism which is the, basically a political philosophy centered around the idea of liberty. And it's all rooted in self-ownership, the idea that I own my body, I own myself. No one else has a right or authority over me. Uh, the extension of that is since I own my body, I necessarily own that which I mix my creative forces with. Uh, that's my property. Right. And then, of course, I can voluntarily exchange my property with other free human beings. This is where a reverence for free markets or freed markets comes from, more so than just capitalism, which I'm a fan of capitalism. In fact, my businesses would be considered capitalist businesses. Um, But I prefer voluntary exchange and freed markets as a foundation and then different systems can grow out of that. That's libertarianism in a nutshell, but there's still a lot of libertarians that want to engage the political system or believe that we ought to have a government or a state in order to uh, enforce contracts or defend the nation state, which anarchists reject altogether, or provide some service for justice. But anarchists, on the other hand, they believe that we can have order and we can have a peaceful, productive society without government and specifically anarchies like without rulers. Right. And without rulers or without hierarchy or coercive hierarchy even. And so I most definitely consider myself an anarchist. And many years ago, I guess probably back in 2009, I abandoned you know, I still would read about theory and Murray Rothbard and the good literature, but I started to focus on how can we actually create a free society? I, I came to recognize after the first Ron Paul campaign, that's when I really got into libertarianism. I actually had the honor of interviewing Ron Paul for this homeschooling uh, summit that we did recently. That was really cool but uh i came to realize there's so many people that believe in the philosophy of liberty if we were just simply abandon the fight to take over the government or to make government better and shift our focus to how can we create the systems the infrastructure the networks necessary in order to experience genuine freedom liberty in our lifetime i think that we would be able to find much greater success and so that's when I got into alternative currencies. Before I learned about cryptocurrency, I was into silver and encouraging people to use silver dimes and go into farmer's markets and seeing if people would accept silver. You'd be surprised, we'd come across folks every once in a while, they'd be like, of course I'll accept silver, the damn Federal Reserve is raping our money and inflating the currency. That was cool. But uh, then I learned about Bitcoin and <laughs> cryptocurrency. I was like, wow, this is great. Um, in fact, my kiddos don't have social security numbers And my dad would always say like, well, what are they gonna do for bank accounts and when they get a job? And this was in 2011, right before I learned about Bitcoin. uh, And I said, you know, by the time they come of age to where they'll need banking services, I have a feeling the free people of the world will have created an alternative currency that can service that need, right? So that's what I think of when I think of anarchy. It's no government, no state, but then we gotta figure out how are we going to have a functioning society, functioning economies? How are we gonna raise our kids? How are we gonna provide for ourselves without government or even better yet, without centralized systems, whether it's big corporations, the centralized electric grid, uh, the supply chain for groceries and other needed provisions. And so we gotta get real creative. And the challenge is a lot of people are not only intellectually lazy, but just lazy in general folks in our community included, they're content to just surf the internet and forward messages on Telegram like that's some grand activism. In reality, we really got to get to work because it's going to take a lot of massive action to shift the momentum away from despotism, away from the further centralization and control, away from this creepy authoritarian surveillance society known as technocracy towards a flourishing, beautiful, uh environment for humanity where relationships are voluntarily voluntary and in, when they're voluntarily when they're voluntary they're necessarily mutually beneficial someone isn't going to enter into a contract or relationship unless it benefits them right and so things are decentralized we have a better connection with the resources that we utilize we have a better connection with the people that we do business with that we rely on because we share similar values and principles and i think it's important for each and every one of us that rejects the status quo system to really dive deep and double down on their efforts to build the systems relationships and infrastructure necessary so our children don't have to worry about the things that we've been so focused on for so long so our children can grow up and focus on art and philosophy and have a renaissance of ideas without so much resistance to the machine that we find ourselves up against. And so that's what I've dedicated my work to. I know everyone and you guys are doing the same thing. And I really see there's this beautiful thing happening. And I think really that we're starting to be on the precipice of something really big, but in order to push it and you know drive the ball down the field, it's gonna take more people doing more. And in order to do that, first you gotta recognize how much of a badass you are, get out of the victim mode and step into a space of empowerment and join us as we create a better world
1: yeah it's it's really a spiritual evolution you know for folks that can't wrap their minds around the concept of anarchy um you know it's really your own control issues uh so you know you have to get over that need to control within yourself and then and then it'll you know you'll feel safe you'll trust natural law you'll trust the uh, the natural inclinations in people you know just our innate instincts uh, that we all have, you know, that is some a little bit, you know, more close to the surface than others. But it's all programming to think that we need something outside of ourselves to control us, to tell us what to do. Uh, Mike, I know you are about to say something there. Sorry about that. Uh, but then, John, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your homestead there uh, after Mike says something. Well, about.
0: all I was going to say is a lot of people hear anarchy and they think chaos, it's the exact opposite because it's the non-aggression principle right as bear so perfectly said it's natural law it's doing you know don't do harm to any others uh uh you know the non-aggression principle is key but also i think what's important to understand is that there is in historically the great human movements human you know for humanity have always had leaders and there will always be leaders And I think in decentralization, it doesn't mean it's just chaos and everybody is just, you know, when you're when you're one when you're when you're living a life by natural law, there is no chaos, everything's ordered because nature is inherently ordered. But two, um, people will step up, and you'll find your leadership role in what your passions are. So, and and I think right now our quote unquote leaders in government. Are not leaders they're tyrants right and yet the news calls them or you know as our leaders are meeting at davos or the g20 summit they're like no those are tyrants those aren't yeah. leaders leaders are a fire chief here in my town at the uh you know who uh it's of all voluntary fire department by the way if you want to see voluntarism working now yes a bit of money taken from uh, property taxes goes to the fire department, but actually most of the money that we use in the fire department, because I'm one of the volunteers, comes from our annual um, fundraising efforts that actually go into most yeah. of what we spend money on. So that's a great example of somebody who stepped up in their community, decided to be the chief as a volunt- voluntarist, and are putting their life out on the line, actually for others, for their community. It's the giving, gifting model. So that's the true leadership that we're looking for, not the pol- corrupt politicians, right? So, but I do want to stress that with anarchy is that of course there are always leaders in um in communities and in decentralization as well. So with Cordal, we have developers, we have those who have stepped forward, the founders and stuff who are currently leading the project, but then anybody can step up to the plate and find your Find your path, your hero's journey, and how you can lead on your own level. I think everybody is a leader in their own right. Heck yeah,
2: yeah. And having a leader or the leader-followship dichotomy isn't incongruent with anarchism or decentralization. Um, there's just some folks that struggle to take the initiative, and that's okay. The important thing is that people are doing something, right? Whether they're leading or following. Um, but you know, the homestead. You're asking about my homestead, so. Uh, My fiance and I have a 10-acre homestead. We moved out of Austin, which is where I was born and raised. Big city, very, very left-leaning and not, you know, there's some cool, you know, eco-type green folks and permaculturalists. But there's also a lot of really yucky, controlled Democrats. And uh, we got out of the city. We moved to Bastrop County, the neighboring county, which is a lot more chill and relaxing. We have a 10-acre homestead. Uh, We have a home and a guest house. Our good friend, Brad, who organized the meat share, he'll be teaching as part of this workshop I'll share more about. He lives on the property with us. Uh, My good friend, Crystal, who works with me in our companies, she also lives on the property. We have a uh, 11.2 kilowatt uh, solar system and three Tesla power walls, which is really great. They'll store like 40 kilowatt hours of electricity. So basically, um, the whole house is capable of of supplying power to itself which is really cool and we're still tapped into the grid of course which i prefer for resiliency in case we're having a problem with our system but if we needed to we could um not pull from the electric grid whatsoever and maintain self-sufficiency not only for our home but also for the folks that live in our community as well it's hooked up over where the rvs hooked up and where where brad plugs in brad actually converted a u-haul into this really nice pretty luxurious uh home on wheels and so He's a nomad, but thankfully, he's settled down here with us, and we, uh, we're building uh, some wicking bed gardens that are going to be connected in series, so we have the big IBC water tanks. That's the current project that we're working on. Our goal is to have 16 of these beds, which will provide a decent chunk of food, still not enough, however. We do have some plants in the ground, um, although the hot Texas summer is definitely a challenge, so we're really going to start picking things up come uh, later in this month in September especially, but one of the things that we're gonna teach at this workshop. So I strongly encourage folks in your audience to check out this workshop we're doing. It's taking place September 3rd. It's called the Exit and Build Homesteading on a Budget Workshop. And Mike, I know you'll share links with your audience where they can learn more, where they can register. And like I said, we've done these Exit and Build Land Summits. They were super groovy. We had like 450 people at the last one. We reached thousands of people with the online stream, had all sorts of great speakers. But the goal is like, I'm trying to encourage people to exit the cities, buy land cooperatively or on your own and build community. This guy's got the tractor. These guys got the chickens down the road. This guy has the cattle. These folks are, are doing the homeschooling co-op for the kids. And we form our own society essentially. And it's all part of this bigger picture where if we all move out of the cities and we populate these rural areas and we link up in a decentralized, interconnected civil society essentially, uh, Eventually, we can exit their authoritarian systems, their centralized corrupt systems and build our own and one day declare independence. Right. So I've been banging on this for a couple of years now, uh, very directly. And one of the biggest hangups people often have, which I believe is a self-imposed limiting belief rather than an external obstacle, is they don't have the money to do it. So I keep hearing this over and over. Hey, that's great, John, but I don't have the money to do it. In fact, one of the things I'm very conscious of, many people, when you share these great ideas, like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a decentralized currency that also served as a messaging app that eventually will be a decentralized Internet called Quartal, right? And the first thing that people do is come up with some way that it can't work, some objection. That's the first thing people do often. Same thing if I'm like, what if we left the cities and we built these homesteads in the country and we all supported one another through trade and barter and community, right? And the first thing people do, rather than being like, yeah, that'd be great. How could I get involved? I know it's going to be hard, but I'm interested in making it happen. A lot of people are just like, oh, I can't possibly do that. What if they take, a- Klaus Schwab said, "We'll own nothing and be happy. Uh, I'm barely able to pay my rent. How could I possibly have a down payment for a piece of land? Blah, 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 right? Their first instinct is to come up with a way that it can't work, rather than a way that it can or could work or is working for many of us. So I become conscious of that, and what I try to do through my company, Live Free Academy, we host workshops, one-on-one consulting, we have a membership program. I try to craft our events and our instructional uh, workshops based on how I can serve my audience most effectively in overcoming these limiting beliefs. So that's what we're doing on September 3rd. We're going to teach people whether they live in an apartment, whether they have a single family home, whether they're renting, whether they're broke or are on the come up, employee, self-employed, whatever it may be. We're going to show you through tips, tactics and strategies how you can become more self-sufficient. Maybe it's container gardens on the backyard uh, in the backyard or the porch. Maybe it's strategic bulk buying of food that you store in the pantry so you can beat inflation or so if the grocery stores run out of food, you have a stash. Maybe it's working together with folks to set up a community garden in the empty lot across the street. Whatever it may be, if there's a will, there's a way, and we're gonna teach folks a lot of these strategies at this upcoming workshop. Marjorie Wildcraft's gonna be teaching. She's an expert in how to get more with less, more food with less space, with less input, with less calories expended. Uh, We just booked Paul Wheaton. He's one of the world's leading experts on permaculture. They call him the Duke of Permaculture. He spoke at our land summit. He's an incredible guy. He's quite the character too, but he has this whole skip program, skills to inherit property. And he saw that there were older folks that are no longer able to maintain their land because they're getting up there in age and they don't want to pass the land on to the kids because the kids will just sell it. They don't want the government to take it. So these older folks are looking for young people that are skilled in the ways of permaculture to take over the land. And so on the, on the other hand, you have young people that are like, I don't have money. I, I'm about to go to college, I think. I don't know. And Paul Wheaton's creating a curriculum to educate the young people so the older folks feel comfortable passing on that land to them. And he's going to teach us about that as That's well. That's great. Nomad Brad's going to teach, Nicole Sauce. So it's really going to be useful. And like I said, no matter where you are, no matter how skilled or unskilled you are when it comes to gardening, no matter how prepared or unprepared you are, we think it's really going to help to give folks a leg up on their journey towards self-reliance.
0: Well, uh, John, and yeah, that's a great thing with that guy's doing because the average farmer's in the, their, you know, low seventies now, which is a, a alarming stat, stat for <laughs> where that's going, where agriculture is going. But, you know, I, I think um, was something that our audience would really benefit from is you giving uh, them a little input on your own life and what you went through and that you are, Uh, literally walking the talk because you yourself had financial, we're in that financial destitution at one point, right? With your children. And it's a great little story you tell in the recent email you sent out about this workshop. Did you want to give our audience a little input on your own experiences? Cause I think it's a great um, example of somebody who's actually doing it and has done it.
2: Sure. Well, I'm, I'm obsessed with entrepreneurship and wealth and I have high aspirations to to create intergenerational wealth. So my children can inherit the empire that we're building. And I want to take this wealth and leverage it towards creating, assisting my family and my community and living a life of abundance and freedom. Right. But that wasn't always the case for me. Uh, I'm in the wealth building process right now. I'm, I'm on the come up. Right. But at one point, I was struggling immensely. I always get a kick out of it when I talk about money and entrepreneurship and people are like, easy for you to say, look at you, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, it wasn't, but like five years ago, I was so behind on rent in our apartment that we had to leave the apartment. Thankfully, the landlord didn't evict us. He's like, you guys, I'll let you out of your lease. Just make sure you clean the place really well when you leave. And I was like, thank you so much. We don't want to have an eviction on our record. we were like literally two months behind on rent. And the third month is coming up. And we just we couldn't I was a struggling self-employed entrepreneur and nothing was hitting really it's because my mindset was off. And so I had two kiddos. The electricity got turned off multiple times over the course of a year or two we were, we had food, my kids never went without food, but they sure did get tired of mac and cheese and chicken noodle soup cans over and over, right? And we got kicked out of the apartment and thankfully somebody gifted us a converted school bus, but it was in bad shape and we had to drive, we flew up to New Hampshire, on our last dime and then drove this school bus all the way back down to texas it was my first time to ever drive a big rig like that it's like a four-ton school bus 40 feet long it was crazy i only made one little wreck there um uh dinged up the back of it but we lived in this school bus at rundown rv parks the only ones we could afford that were not the best safest place and it was it was really rough and also at the time the business that i was operating uh wasn't doing very well, we, we fell behind on rent there, we managed to catch up, but the damage had already been done with the landlord, and it was just one problem after another, and it was a really, really big struggle. And as a father, it was, a, it was just really hard for me to not be able to provide for my kids. That was probably the hardest part. And all the while, the financial problems led to an immense strain on the relationship between me and the mother of my children, and it played a big role in us getting divorced, and it was rough, and I was down and out, and I got kicked out of the school bus that we lived in. Uh, We weren't able to live together anymore, so I moved in with my parents for like three months and my two kids in the spare bedroom, and it's like, man. And then I was like, you know what? I know that I have many gifts to give to the world, and I know that having experienced this poverty and watching my kids freak out and cry when me and their mom are fighting. I never want that experience again for myself, but especially for my children, they deserve better. So I allowed that pain to motivate me towards action, but more so than that, because for the longest time, my focus was on not having the electricity turned off again and wanting to avoid a fight with me and my ex-wife, right? I think the big turning point for me was when I shifted my focus away from that, which I did not want towards a future that was more desirable for me. Towards the homestead that I could raise my kids on where they can play in the dirt on the back 40 acres, you know, towards financial abundance, towards buying a new car. So I'm not constantly spending money and having to make payments to my friend that owns the auto shop, right? I shifted my focus towards what I wanted in life, towards a future that was desirable for me and my children. And I really think that's what made a big difference because I was putting in 50, 60 hour weeks. I had different self-employment opportunities, little gigs and radio shows and podcasts I was trying to monetize, did some Bitcoin mining early on, which was great until Bitcoin went from 800 to 200. Then it was like, well, this, this ain't working anymore. But uh, I kept at it, I persisted, I never gave up. I never gave up on myself, I never gave up on entrepreneurship and it's through that persistence because you never fail until you give up. I never gave up, I persisted and now I'm, I've met the woman of my life We're getting married in November. She's an amazing person. She's had such an impact on my success, on me becoming a better father, a better activist, a better entrepreneur. We bought a 10 acre homestead together. Um, we have a nice brand new Tesla, which I know is controversial in our community, but man, that thing sure is fun to drive. And it's really sweet to charge the car on the power, uh, the power center that we built on our home with with the solar and we're living a good life. And I just rented this new office. I got four or five people that work for me full time and life is good, but it was really rough at one point. So for folks that are like down and out and in the dumps, I want you to know that, Never give up on yourself, believe in yourself, come up with a strategy, find a market, find a niche, find opportunities to leverage, and then find other people that are on the same page that can help you in your journey. And finally, take massive amounts of action towards the pursuit of your goals. And if you do all of that, especially if you believe in yourself, I can say this with 100% honesty and truth and accuracy, it's inevitable that you will find success and that you will lead a life that's more in alignment with your true potential. But you got to first stop getting down on yourself and beating yourself up and recognize your true power and then step into that power. And together, if we all do this, if more and more people do this and recognize that they are powerful people and that they do have have it in them to achieve greatness, then I think it'll like reverberate outside of us, outside of our movement even, and it could really change the world. So that's a bit of my story. And I, I like to share those stories with folks because I think a lot of people can resonate with being in that tough spot. We've all been in tough spots before, but it doesn't have to be that way.
1: Well, I think the takeaway is about taking risk and that risk do pay off. And I'd say the, the, the single biggest flaw I see with a lot of folks these days is they're afraid to take those risks. And when you take risk, you again, you do tap into that other part of yourself because you have to. Uh, you know, a long time ago, uh, I had a successful practice. I was still on the mainland. Uh, we we're just starting to have kids, and we decided we wanted to change things up, have different experiences. So I left everything. We moved into a little yurt, you know, out in a remote part of the islands, and uh, you know, everything works out. And then the more risk you take, and the more you experience things working out somehow uh you know, usually miraculous things happen, uh, you know, which is just astounding. You just build that confidence and that just becomes a regular thing. And then you, you know, you lose that um that need for controls in your life and you just keep faking it till you make it. So yeah, great story. And um and I think people that are riding the fence right now realize they've got to do something. Um but, you know, are afraid to make a move while well, we're all getting pushed off that fence right now. Uh, outer circumstances are going to make the the choice for us. And I think it's better to make it yourself before you have to go because of outer circumstances. So awesome. Uh, so what's your water source there? Did you already mention that?
2: So, you know, it, I encourage people. Do you guys hear me OK?
1: It's a little low
0: now and I still get the static too, my friend. So not sure it's almost gonna be better if you're on the other one if that okay give me one sec yeah and also I did notice because our friend Alex Zek has recently moved out to Austin from uh the Midwest and he's like man it is hot as balls out here in the summer it's like and I was and I talked to him almost every day because we're working on a project together and I look always now I, I added Austin area to the weather app Because I'm always like looking to see what he's going through, and every day, and like all week, it's like 105, 101, 99, 107. So, I'm curious to know as well how you guys deal with this heat in the summer, and what is your water source—that's a well source or whatnot—and also if you've looked into orgone gifting. Because I'm going to get Alec into that because we need to get some organite out there in Central Texas and get you guys some rain.
2: Yeah. Uh, can you hear me now?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. There's a little bit of static on the back end, but that's okay. You sound loud and clear. So.
2: Okay, cool. All right. My good friend, Nomad Brad here. He, he's a big fan of the podcast. Actually. He was like, dang, you're gonna be on alpha Vedic. That's great. Uh, he's going to oh, try to help me something now, but my apologies for the audio quality. Yeah. The, the water is definitely an issue. So in my teaching in the workshop, we encourage people to take stock, like take an honest assessment of where you're at. Right. So when it comes to power, we're in good shape with the solar system when it comes to community, we got a tight knit community of hundreds of people here in central Texas. I think we're good. Um, when it comes to water, that's a weak point both in the region, but also in our own property. So we're on the water cooperative blue bonnet water cooperative, but we have aspirations to dig a well and, or do some water storage. So, um, I'm interested in the organized thing. I mean, you and some of your crew, you guys are into some stuff that seems kind of zany. On um, like, I met, I met Alec at uh, one of our Bastrop County meetups. We did this big river party, and there's like six. Yeah, that's what he was stuff. saying. Yeah, and he's like. So, yeah, the thing to do is to drink your own urine. And I'm like, man, you got Okay. But like at the end of the day, (laughs) there's a lot of the stuff that seems crazy and nuts, but that's the stuff that actually works. And it's also like, well, why does it seem crazy and nuts? Maybe we've been programmed to think that way. So I've heard about the Organite thing and I've seen people and seen videos where people put it all out and it manifests or attracts whatever through the energy. I'm not super familiar with it, but at this point, I guess we should try anything down here because we just barely got some rain once, uh, like a week ago. Uh, and other than that, it hasn't rained in quite some time and you definitely cannot survive. And it's very difficult to do homesteading without water. So I'm definitely, I'm down to learn more for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, it's interesting that, um, everything that we, most of the stuff we talk about in terms of solutions doesn't really cost much money now organite you do need materials to do that but you mentioned ut you were in therapy and a lot of the health modalities that we talk about is is, are free it's like breath work and taking in the sun and drinking your own urine and and meditating and all that stuff and of course uh the system wants us focused on externalities you know uh, of course the allopathic medicine model and the, the need for government and all this stuff so uh i think it's really one of the amazing things that we've seen in the last few years is this uh, sort of um, uh, interdependence of people looking for solutions that are don't cost money that we have that nature provides. And um, in terms of water sourcing, there are um, interesting ideas that people are coming up with too for energy and using water for energy. And I do believe we are on the cusp of an energy revolution where we are not gonna even, re- now you, it's nice where you are, you get a lot of sun, right? Uh, for your solar panels but that is a dirty electricity and there are also um those are highly technologically advanced well not really advanced but but my point is if your solar panels break you need a technician to come out i mean i don't know if bear you have solar panels too do you know how to fix them yourselves um whereas if we could have some um vortex water sort of generators where it's essentially using the power of water to create energy we could have a much more simpler energy source where we weren't required to, you know, use these so, sort of, uh, other technologies Bear, Um, what do you think about that? Do you see a future where we'll be using something like water itself to power our homes?
1: Yeah. And just a good in-between step is uh step into some Schauberger, Victor Schauberger understanding. And with Schauberger water forms, you can actually, um, move water uh, uh, up a gradient without any power source uh, i know people that have done it that's our next step we're digging a pond and uh, john even though you don't have much water you can dig a pond and, and you know fill it up over time then with schauberger water um, forms you can create a moving current and it doesn't take much of a technology just these little micro hydro units and you can power up a whole house just with a little minor current that you can create uh, literally out of thin air and a little bit of water and just recirculate uh, the water over and over again. We have a river you know, that's raging right down from us, but it's down a little bit of an embankment. And so we would lose too much resistance you know, using hydro down there. And try to get it up to where you know we farm and and live and everything. So that's what, why we're one of the reasons why we're doing a pond right up here at the uh, homestead level, uh, so that we can create hydro. But um, Mike, I think what you're alluding to is uh, the next step, even beyond that, where you don't even need any moving parts, and you're just extracting energy right from water. And uh, that's entirely possible. That technology also has been right under our nose forever. And some of us um, are actually getting a little bit clued in on how to do it. We need a little bit of uh, manpower, some good talented engineers and some resources. Uh, But that's part of the homesteading thing too. You know, since we started our homestead here in this last location, people have arrived, you know, they've done like what you've done, John. They've, you know, left their circumstances and taking those risks and somehow they get up here. Now we have a, a whole little community that's happening. And with it, we've got a talent pool that's expanding. And uh, these projects are, you know, what we're really focused on is to be truly self-sufficient. So uh, someday I really look forward to taking down my solar panels and, you know, uh, getting rid of my batteries, you know, uh, so I don't have to keep buying them every eight years and they end up in landfills and everything. So, yeah, we can definitely do better. In the meantime, it gives us some independence. I'm all for that. But we have to go the next step really quick. And we don't have to be, uh, you know, funding uh, large corporations that are making these batteries and mining lithium out of the, the earth and, you know, uh, in, uh, uh, you know, playing politics in places like Ukraine because you're trying to sew up the lithium, uh, you know, rights. Uh, you know, it's, it's the whole oil game all over again. So we don't need any of that. We really have to go there.
2: Yeah, and, and that's a good point about the solar system, because like we got a Tesla power wall and it ha- or three of them and it has this controller and it's a computer. And mm-hmm. so the computer gets jacked up. And like you said, we need to have a technician come out, which is not good. And now now Brad, he set up solar in his uh, converted U-Haul but he knows the whole system because he built it himself. Right. And it's much more analog than this fancy digital system where I could tap into it with an app, which is great and convenient. And I could see exactly how much, how many kilowatts are being produced at any moment, but it's definitely, it's a, it's a balance, right? So we want to explore new technology. We want to become independent as fast as possible, but we also need to take it back to our roots and explore really simple ways. And also, um, be conscious of the energy that we use and how, cause it, when the grid goes down, you got to shift everything. One thing that's cool is like, you can simulate the grid down scenario and then try to live for a week with the family and see what type of habits you have to change and stuff. But I think what's most important is for people to be conscious of this and not just to go about life in a reactive mode where you're not even paying attention to any of these vulnerabilities that we all have to varying degrees.
0: And have fun with it. So like where you are and obviously where it depends where you live. So where you are, you you get a lot of sun. It's hot. So you could use passive solar systems too, like a solar oven, for instance. You could literally bake breads and cakes right now with a decent solar oven out of your property with the type of heat you got. And then also you could look into the architecture of your buildings and look into using uh, passive heating, solar heating for the winters, south facing, you know, with um, uh, essentially a lot of windows to the south, you know, this earthship construction that's very trendy uh, and those kind of um, basics, uh, passive systems by using the sun. The real sun, and we've been we've had people on chat say that the sun's fake. I still think the sun's real, but (laughs) um, but that being said, uh, that's permaculture 101, right? Is not even having to use these sort of tech, these highly advanced digital, you're not not even advanced. I hate to say advanced, but these digital technological innovations. But using going back and using just like stuff that the indigenous people, for instance, knew how to do, uh, using a thermal mass. Uh, with the, the land that you have. I don't know if you have any hills on your property. God, I wish I had some hills on the property. I know Central Texas is known as hill country. So if you have some hills, you can use that terrain to build into those hills, for instance, to make a uh, root cellar uh, and use the thermal mass to have uh, co- you know uh, cooling for uh, storage. Uh, I don't have that on my property. So I have to dig down or build up. And like literally recreate that thermal mass, but these are the types of uh, innovations that we can use uh, to um, create passive systems where we won't rely upon a technician to come out right to fix. So uh, that always uh, gets me off when uh, on the, that type of permaculture. Uh, and curious, um, you know, you're talking about permaculture a bit. Are you have you looked into into perennials at all and doing more like food forest development? You know, you mentioned raised beds and stuff because I've become a, a massive fan of, of that aspect of permaculture, which is building in uh, perennial growth, using uh, a lot of natural fauna that uh, is there that, you know, maybe those are fruiting cacti out there in different things that are indigenous, but also bringing in, it's okay too within permaculture to bring in other species into there to cross pollinate with what you have and innovate and bring in new types of food that is perennial so that you have a, a continual, you're building out your food source for future generations. Have you looked into that at all, John?
2: Yeah, we, so we have all these ambitious goals on the property and it always takes longer than we want, right? But we have a space that's right by the creek. There's a creek that runs through the property. It's dry most of the time, unless it ha- rains heavily for multiple days on end, but it's a nice feature on the property. And there's this space that's right next to the creek. So I know that there'll be good moisture and uh, we want to do a food forest in that area so definitely conscious of that and that's you can set stuff up that lasts for generations and it's a good thing too because it doesn't take a whole lot of input it's low input high output and of course another big principle with permaculture is you use the output of one system as the input of another system so definitely really conscious of that and i couldn't encourage folks to learn about permaculture more it's it's fundamental even if you're doing traditional style gardening to at least have that awareness like one of the things that's real important and super obvious is uh, the zones right so you have zone one which is right near your home and then a little bit further out you have zone two and zone three and so intuitively it's important to put some of the systems that you're going to have to maintain more often as close to the home as possible so we had great experience with this our first garden plot was a little bit further off on the property behind the barn you know in a space where we don't see it every day when we're leaving and we got busy life happened winter happened right and so we spent a lot of time building these uh garden beds in the ground and of course they died and got overrun with weed so i was like no no no, no. next time we do the gardens we're gonna put it on the front porch like jack Spear always talks about walk out your back porch and the first square foot right next to your feet that's where you start your permaculture system so it's super critical. And I think it's really just in all aspects of life for folks to just be really conscious and aware in how they do things anywhere, how you spend your money, what type of food you put in your body, where you're going to start your food production systems on the property to have this higher level of consciousness. And you'll be able to catch yourself when maybe you're doing something that isn't going to serve you in the future or is just going to make life a little more difficult nobody wants more difficulty we already got enough challenges we're facing so yeah permaculture's super exciting and we're all we're really excited to be partnering with paul wheaton again he's he's just quite the character and you mentioned uh using the heat you know for a stove he does this rocket mass Uh, stove that you can cook on. You can use it as a heat source. And that's been really revolutionary for all sorts of people, especially when you're up northeast. We don't have the problem with a lot of cold down here in Texas, but there's a lot of simple things people can do that a lot of people aren't even aware of. Uh, And everybody thinks it's some big, drawn-out, lengthy process that's out of their reach, when in reality, there's all sorts of baby steps you can take to start getting yourself on the path towards self-sufficiency and and greater self-reliance.
1: Yeah. Permaculture is, uh, you know, of course, more about design and and it is about self-sufficiency and everything. But there's other aspects as well. You know, when you throw in biodynamics, when you understand how to measure uh, electrical vectors in the soil to create, you know, new soil and also inefficient uh, an properties. Um, electrical resistance. So you need very little to maintain gardens, you know, very little fertilizer and such. But there's another aspect, you know, here at Alpha Vedic, we, you know, we're embarking on some educational programs as well. And it's going to incorporate many things, uh, you know, including permaculture. It's just one component. But the thing that you can't learn out of a book or learn online and, or, or, or in any other way is just by doing it. And every piece of land is different. Uh, Every individual has different needs. Uh, Some people want to have animals. uh, Some people, you know, want to have more, you know, just plant-based crops. Uh, So you really have to be on a parcel of land for a particular uh, amount of time. And the land does speak to you. You know, if you just, you know go on the land on day one and say, okay, I'm gonna do this here, this here, this here. Well, I guarantee, you know, five years down the road, you're gonna have completely different ideas based on just what's happened on the land. So it is an evolution and uh, you got to start somewhere. So I think that's where permaculture does come in. It gives you the basics, uh, you know, like when we first moved in on this latest farm that we're on, we did exactly what you said. We created a fence, you know, around uh, just one of the acres on our land. Our house is right in the middle of it. And we just kind of branched out from the house. And and now, you know, zone one is uh, pretty much complete. Now we're going into four other zones. You know, some of them we've already had a head start. But in the meantime, things that we thought we wanted to do when we first moved here, we've completely changed our minds because the land just... Just flat out said no, that doesn't work here. So uh, that creates a little bit of a, a, a knack for tuning in, uh, you know, and and being able to kind of read between the lines, and, and you know that comes from an experience. And you mentioned there, you mentioned land. Uh, well, one person I want to
0: recommend too, John, on permaculture tip for water is Brad Lancaster. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's done amazing um, educational videos and written books. And he's in, um, I want to say Arizona or New Mexico and regreening the desert in terms of bringing back uh, uh, using swales and uh, capturing rain, the, the you know, monsoon rainwater, which only happens a few times a year to literally use year round. Very interesting guy. I highly recommend watching his stuff. But, too, on the land stuff, John, I know a lot of people here, especially those maybe living in an apartment in the city right now, are like, I want to be on some land, all right? I want some acreage but how am I ever going to uh, you know, be able to afford that or uh, get on that land? And I know you've addressed this in your exit and build workshops. Do you have a couple little tips or some um, inspiring words for those who feel hopeless about ever getting on their own parcel of land?
2: Yes. So first of all, living in an apartment, there's all sorts of stuff you can do in order to, uh become more self-reliant right Um, you can get a metal rack shelf and build an aquaponics system on it in the back porch you can set up some container gardens you could do these like hanging tomato plants hydroponics whatever it may be I mean you could have a whole bedroom if you have two bedroom one whole bedroom could be dedicated to food production but we're talking a lot about land and honestly I think it's really fundamental towards our pursuit of sovereignty to be able to have our own land. I was gonna say own land, but I have that little track in my head that's like, well, you never really own land, of course, when you're paying property tax and stuff. And apparently there's strategies around that um, that uh, I'd love to see uh, examples of where it works with the whole loyal title and all this stuff. But having land, whether you own it or pay property tax or not, or you're paying it to a bank or not, uh, it really opens up all sorts of opportunities to protect yourself, to thrive, to become more connected with that land through that relationship. And of course it does cost money, but there are creative ways. So one of the ways is like I referred to, uh, Paul Wheaton has this skip program. He's got a book about it as well. Uh, Skills to inherit Property. It's a curriculum. You learn the curriculum. Once you learn the curriculum, he brings you to this network of, of landowners that are looking to transition away from their land and finding somebody to do it. So there's one creative way with little to no money at all just with skills and dedication, really. Um, Another way, Nomad Brad's a great example. He'll be teaching during the home setting on a budget workshop. He lives on our property and he doesn't pay any rent at all. It's because he's such a good guy because he adds so much value to what we're doing. I just went on a three-night, four-day vacation down to Texas Beach, Port Aransas with my family, sister, my parents. It was a great time, needed some R&R um although it's kind of hard to truly take a vacation I'm always dealing a little computer time here and there but Brad took care of the property and he watched the dogs and he watered the plants and we got a we got a uh, pecan tree orchard we got a fruit tree that we planted he's taking care of the vegetables and so he's somebody that because he's a good guy and because he works hard and helps the projects that we're embarking upon he doesn't have any money and he lives on a piece of land and he's invested in the food production systems that we're creating. But on top of that, if you want to own the land, there's so much strength in numbers, right? So there are certain places in this country where you could get a decent piece of acreage for like 150, $200,000. Then you get your friends together, maybe five of you. Let's just say five of you, for example. And maybe it takes a ten or twenty percent down payment. Maybe it's twenty percent for raw land. Twenty percent of two hundred thousand is forty thousand dollars. Get eight friends together. and You got to put down five thousand bucks a pop, right? And all these numbers can be tweaked, massaged. Maybe it costs more. Maybe it costs less. Maybe it's more people or less people. But you give yourself a goal, so it's like, all right, I got my buddies together. We found the piece of land. Uh, the owner may even owner finance quick story there's somebody at the excellent build land summit recently that we held here in bastrop and he's like hey i know you talk a lot about getting land without money i found a situation where someone was looking for someone to come live on the land i had an rv rvs cost four five seven eight thousand ten thousand will get you a really nice one uh, well, not a super nice, luxurious one. Those are probably like 30, 40, 50 grand, but a nice RV that's in good shape. You don't have to worry about patching up the roof when it rains, right? He found a work situation, a work trade, he moved the RV on. He helped with the food production systems on this farm. The guy came to like him. He was a really good guy. The guy ended up owner financing him like five acres. He finally paid off the owner financed five acres. After a few years, he turned around, sold that property and used the money to buy a 40 acre property. So now starting with nothing but an RV, some ingenuity, and some sweat equity, the dude was managed to parlay the opportunity into a 40-acre property that he owns outright free and clear. How cool is that? So it's just all about getting creative, right? Um, There's a lot of really creative ways to do less with more, and the first thing is to have that shift in mindset. Instead of saying, I'm broke, I can barely afford rent, how could I possibly own land? You start to say i think that owning land would be really good for me and my family i see the merit i see the benefits how can i make it happen let's think of all the opportunities that exist in front of me let's start looking at the land let's create a vision board and put a picture with a nice permaculture berms and swales on the wall that's my land that's what i'm going to get let's dedicate our mind energy our focus our time to pursuing this and making it happen and so I just can't emphasize enough how important the mindset piece is. Like people need to get out of their own way, stop thinking of ways that it can happen and start focusing on ways that it can happen and then get creative. And there will be a good component of the homesteading on a budget workshop where we'll talk about these creative ways and we'll leave uh, viewers with some tips and concrete strategies that they can employ in order to pull it off.
0: amazing uh it reminds me of the there's like youtube videos out there my kids watch where a guy starts with a pencil and ends up with a lamborghini right or something and that that is totally doable and that's all about mindset and that's just a simple bartering like takes a pencil then goes out and gets a lighter find, <coughs> lighter finds a guy that gives him a 50 dollar wallet you know blah, blah blah and trades up trades up trades up to so all of a sudden he's got a lambo and um it's you're you're so right on john it's all about the mindset and it's also you know if those listening are well like i have a mindset still not happening and i feel lost the other thing i'll say is it's about community which you touched on earlier and if you find the right community like the alpha Veda community or the freedom cells community and these communities are all kind of what's great is they're they're inner kind of merging and and kind of blending in together and working together Um, you're going to find a lot of support and people that can inspire you and give you support when things get, you know, you get a little down in the dumps because that happens to the best of us. Of course, this is a challenging realm that we've incarnated into. So community is huge, obviously with freedom cells, as you touched on earlier, that is a a massive community now that you and Derek Bros launched years ago. And very excited to see that uh, with the new site. I'm going to go check that out Um, in your mind, moving forward how have you seen freedom cells uh, crystallize into the 3d into the into the physical um you guys do meetups and stuff like that but have you seen are there any success stories where people have been able to use that online community and actually impart that into their physical the successes in their physical life
2: yeah for sure and there's stories all the time that we hear when we're out at events, it's just so fulfilling to hear people come up to you and share how this idea uh, has greatly impacted and benefited their lives. And I like to tell people now, like ideas are, the ideas are great. We gotta have great ideas, but ideas are, are easy to come by. I got so many freaking ideas of cool things that could happen, but I don't have the time to focus on every single one of them, right? The Freedom Cell Network was an idea that I had. And I started talking about the idea and we formed our one inner cadre group. With Freedom Cells, we encourage people to form groups of approximately eight people. there has been scientific studies that show eight peoples, the optimal number of people for maximum creativity. The fewer you have, the less uh, momentum there is, the less ideas can come about, the less creativity there is. The more you have, it starts to get bureaucratic. People don't know each other as well. Eight's optimal, doesn't have to be eight. but So I had an inner cadre group, this must've been back in 2014, 2015, And it kind of fell apart. And then this is around the time where I was starting to experience some pretty serious poverty. So I pulled back from activism and focused more on entrepreneurship. And the idea I kept I talked about it here and there, but it kind of just stayed in the idea realm. And then Derek Bros heard the idea and was like, this is hot. I like this. This is something that could work. So he took the idea and he formed groups in Houston. And then he at the time was going on these tours and had a big popular YouTube channel and podcast and had all these speaking engagements all around the world. And so he started banging on the idea, but it wasn't just talking, he was creating too. And that's really when it went from a freedom cell as an idea that I had that I think could change the world or whatever, Derek took it and gave it legs, right? So ideas are cheap, action is really what it's all about. But to answer your question, I was at uh, Pork Fest a couple years ago, just walking. Actually, my daughter wanted to go buy these little harpoon darts that they were selling. Not the safest thing, but uh, thankfully nobody lost their eye or anything. But I come up to the booth, and this guy runs out. And he's like, "Oh my God, John Bush! Wow, the Freedom Cell Network. We felt so isolated and alone during COVID and all the lockdowns up here in New York State." We learned about the Freedom Cell network. We registered on the site. We found that there were other people in our area. We formed our own Freedom Cell cadre group and we all had families. We pulled our kids out of government school and we started a homeschool co-op. And it's like, wow, how cool is that? Because of this idea that turned into a physical network, these people were able to pull their kids out of government school, which is one of the most important things that you could do, by the way, uh, for the future of freedom. And so that's one example uh i shared about the meat share that we just did earlier uh there was i don't know 16 20 of us and we had a whole cow now everybody has their uh food production their food preparedness reserves shored up more strengthened here in central texas we regularly do perma blitzes so that's like hey guys i got this property i'm going to be working on this project i'm going to move this fence so i can have uh some goats here in this pen or whatever and we all get together on a Sunday, go to the guy's house, and we all put some sweat, sweat equity in. They serve tea, maybe a potluck. And then it's like, hey, you helped me on my property. I'm gonna help you next time you need help. There's a lot of reciprocity going on. Uh, there's a lot of people that are helping one another when it comes to technology, learning how to use encrypted communication, learning how to use cryptocurrency. Uh, there's a lot of people that are trading with one another. Uh, in fact, that's how I met Brad keep banging on Brad but I, I posted in a Freedom Cell group hey guys I'm looking to hire somebody to help with my business send a video send a resume Brad sends this video he's like hey I appreciate your work here's what I can do here's my skills I, dri- I drive this van around I'd be willing to come relocate down to Central Texas that's how I met Brad and another person that worked both of the people that worked with me also full-time here in our office they're here today I met through the Freedom Cell Network the new website actually has an agora where people can do listings kind of like craigslist we're really helping to facilitate the creation of counter economic networks so we can trade with one another we can meet our common wants and needs without having to rely on banks without having to rely on grocery stores walmart whatever it may be now of course it's a transition phase right so i still use amazon personally right i still go to the grocery store But i'm not going to grocery store for meat for quite some time because i got a whole freezer full of it you know and it's just all about working together to fulfill our common wants and needs by supporting one another through mutual aid community support and also through entrepreneurship and agorism which is revolutionary market anarchism so There's countless stories of examples in the real life. And we we create these digital spaces like on Telegram. We're very active on Telegram. That's where a lot of the local groups and nationwide groups organize. And then we have this amazing website, Ramiro Romani, put a lot of energy and effort into upgrading. It has the agora. It has the groups. It has the map. There's uh, roles that you can put, like I'm a farmer. I'm a technologist. I'm an organizer. I own land and looking for community community. I am looking for land to move on for intentional community. And so, but the, the whole emphasis, a lot of people like to focus on online and sharing this and forwarding that. But the emphasis is use the online space in order to find the people in real life, go meet in a physical space, coffee shop, go bowling together, have a river party like we just recently did. And it's really in real life where those relationships can come to, to being and, Essentially, what we're trying to do, the big picture goal is to create a genuinely free society that will protect our freedom and create an environment where we can all thrive together. And seeing it go from one small group and then before COVID, it was less than a thousand people. And because COVID freaked everybody out and everybody saw that the emperor wears no clothes and there's a scheme going on here, it went from 1,000 to 33,000 in the course of a year and a half. And so now that we launched this new website, we're doing all sorts of promotion now. Um, I don't see any reason why it can't go to 100 million people or 100,000 people and then a million people. And we'll see how far it goes because it's an idea whose time has come. And i really, it's really fulfilling to see that it's touched so many people.
0: Beautiful. hmm
1: And it can only happen locally. I mean, how can somebody a thousand miles away from you in a bureaucratic office possibly know what a certain community needs? And, uh, you know, and then at that level, they're just pencil pushers. There's nobody mobilizing their local will force to actually, you know, manifest, Uh, you know, all ideas need uh, elbow grease, as you said. And, uh, you know, here in our community, it just organically happens, you know, people are arriving, uh, the internet has been good and it has helped people find us, people move here. Uh, there's already a community in the outlying away from our little off grid uh, situation here. My wife is, uh, you know, down the road today and she's going to stop by a local farm and, and, uh, you know, just walk in the gate. They know everybody that, uh, you know, that they let go in the farm there. And she goes in, there's a little fridge, there's a half gallon containers of raw milk. She just puts uh, five bucks up on a on a little clip on the fridge there, you know, and takes your half gallon of milk and, you know, it has a date when it was milked. And, you know, there's another little place down the road, they've got uh, organic uh, produce and everything. And it's the same thing. You just go in, you help yourself It's community oriented. There's not even anybody that needs to mind the store. Uh, we all provide uh, similar services for each other. So nobody's out there trying to get a free beer or, or you know, uh, get a free thing of milk. Everybody leaves the money. Everybody supports each other. That is how amazingly simple it is when you get people that are actually doing things, have good intentions and actually want to do good things in the world. So, uh, you know, I, I just think if if we just get the message out, that not only is it, um, you know, doable, but it's much, much easier, much more elegant than what we're doing in the first place here. You know, going into grocery stores and, and you know, with governments and and sending your kids off to school. Uh, you know, when we had kids, uh, this was, you know, way long be- before the trend. We just said, no, it's unacceptable. We can't send our kids off to schools, even private schools. It's just, you know, we want to be, uh, the main peer group for our kids. We want to instill our values. And also even back then, you know, we saw that it was just a plain indoctrination. So I think, uh, the, the silver lining with all this happened in the last couple of years is that all this is now becoming intuitive to people. Uh, you know, there, there's no more, uh, mysteries and and we know we need to do it ourselves so so that's great sean just hearing everything you're doing because um you know this is the only way we're going to change things so uh, we definitely want to support what you're up to there
0: yeah and on top and that's great you're doing the agorism thing ernie's Han- hancock's become a big fan of Cordal, and so he's launched his agorist market on Cordal as well as a parallel and that's something I'd love to see Freedom Cells eventually get on Quartal. We're not there yet uh, in terms of supporting an app like that because uh, Q Apps hasn't launched yet. So an agorist market is, uh, that is more um, static, a, a static site that's hosted right now on Quartal for free, which is great. But eventually, Freedom Cells can be hosted on Cordle for free. So right now, I don't know if you guys are using your own servers but one of the big choke points down the line, because you're, you're relying on the World Wide Web, which is corporately owned, the DNS system is corporately owned, uh, DNS, the domain naming system, right? So they could decide that freedomcells.org is now gone against the world economic, uh, whatever the you know, world agencies decide that that's uh, not conducive to its misinformation or disinformation and they can literally have the ability to shut down domains, that will be the future that we see happening. And so with Cordal, because it's not operating in the World Wide Web, it's a separate parallel system that's using the core functionality of the the original internet, right? The socket layers of uh, packing information, sending it across the interwebs. And for those, by the way, who have been saying to me that the internet will be shut down, I think you need to understand that the internet is a vast mycelium network that is unstoppable now. It is literally being sent through so many different channels that it's the only way to shut down the internet would be literally to shut the power to the entire world, would be to make the entire world go blackout, which if that happens, we have a lot bigger (laughs) issues at hand. So that being said, I look forward to the day I'm envisioning, as I'm taking in what you're saying, John, about envisioning the future, I'm envisioning a, a time when Freedom Cells will be on Cordal. That's going to be an exciting day because then it will truly be unstoppable. And on top of that, everybody that is on Cordal will be, uh, takes part in the abundance of the network's rewards itself. So it's a self-fulfilling, self-generating permaculture-based digital system, if you will, a regenerative system. So very exciting. And I'm finally going to join Freedom Cells. I've been, I can't believe I'm not in it yet. So I will, after this call, get into Freedom Cells and we will get the Del Norte, you know, uh, Smith River, or really the uh, State of Jefferson Freedom Cells go. I'm sure there already is a State of Jefferson Freedom Cells uh, up here. So... Uh, I look forward to joining that and seeing who in our area is already in the Freedom Cells network.
2: Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people are surprised, like you put yourself out there and you find there's a bunch of people there in your area already. We've had folks that meet somebody that's literally like two blocks away. In fact, we held a Bastrop County Freedom Cell uh, meeting and there's literally three different households on my same street or just one street off from where I live that I hadn't met before. And it's like, wow, our freedom people really are all around and we've just created an opportunity uh, for us to find one another. really, it's a tool. The network is a tool to find like-minded people and then to go out there and, and build something. But you're right as far as the decentralization, it's always the answer, it's always the key. Uh, we're in those early stages of, of getting there, but it's really good to know that there are some platforms, there are networks that are going to be capable of, of getting it done because it's, it's, it's fundamentally critical. We encourage people to go old school too. It's like use the website, use the telegram groups, go to the meetups and then find the people that you want to build with and work with and share phone numbers and, you know, whatever, maybe smoke signals go into one another's house to check in on it physically. Uh, we got to make sure that we're not over reliant on the legacy internet as we know it, because uh it's becoming more and more easy to censor but like you said there's all these people that think the internet's going to get shut down or there's going to be some EMP that takes out Bitcoin somehow or whatever it's another one of those things where I teach people I try to encourage people to use cryptocurrency and, and use privacy coins like Monero because I think that's going to be a great tool to subvert this central bank digital currency paradigm but like I said with the land people's first response is, oh, well, they'll shut the internet down. It can't work. And people just have this programming where they think of ways it can't work. That's their initial response. And so I want to encourage folks in the audience, myself included, to be conscious of that and try to catch yourself when you find yourself immediately thinking of some way that it can't work. I think that's a mindset thing. and, And if we can become conscious of it and recognize it, we can shift it. And it really makes a world of difference to pursuing our goals and becoming more of an empowered person think of ways that it can work not ways that it can't work
0: yeah if you continually uh harp on things that the way things can't work then they won't work for you and that's the ultimate black magic that is the disempowerment victimhood black magic that we see all in the mainstream and yes, uh, privacy coins will be huge. And CBDCs, uh, centrally central bank digital currencies are just around the corner. The Fed will be uh, essentially managing all accounts through those. And speaking of Alex Zek, uh, he was just telling me he was trying to make a transfer out of his USAA account to another bank and it got held up on the transfer and he, he had to call the bank and ask because he was in the military so he has a USAA account and they said well the fed it got held up by the fed doing a review of your accounts so outside of the banks and we know so that was an alarm bell to me that now they're already starting to train and in, um, and slowly you know roll out this new system which the CBDCs will be initial will launch and i think they could even start rolling that out 2022 rolling that out in the fall as hyper to stop to curb hyperinflation and so if they're going to be playing in that realm that's going to require the internet that's going to require all the things that something like bitcoin or cordal is already using so it's better to at least you know, get on a parallel path on using that technology that's going to be empowering and allow you to uh, self-determine versus, you know, getting ushered into the CBDCs and the metaverse and all that. So uh, fascinating stuff. We're we're coming up on time here. Uh, John, anything else? Um, I know you, obviously you and Derek do the Greater Reset uh, conference, which is phenomenal. You had Cordell at the last two. Jason and I actually came out to Austin and hung out with you. And a little known fact that people might not know about John, he's quite a talented lyricist. Uh, dropping the flow at the after party, kind of had a '90s West Coast style, little Tupac in there, maybe. Uh, but that was uh, really cool to see, man. So you're not just some, um, you know, hardcore activist. You have talents that are, are on that creative flow. That was really cool to see. Uh, you and your element with your kind of your Austin uh, creative uh, kind of burner uh, crew there doing fire uh, stuff and uh, dancing and all that. So it, I bring this up because um, eh, what are you seeing right now in your neck of the woods uh, on the creative side? We have music and sky coming up in a couple months. Um, are you seeing more of this sort of freedom, creative element coming out more and more that we saw at that after party? And what are your thoughts on uh, this next, you know, for the rest of 2022? Any uh, any like idea of where we're going?
2: Yeah, there's uh, central Texas is great because it's like this melting pot of, you know, folks that question like in Austin, for example, there's a high capita vaccine. I don't even like the term vaccine hesitancy, but whatever. There's a lot of folks that aren't vaccinating themselves or their children, which is really cool. And then there's a lot of spiritual folks, athletic people, yoga, and there's this really cool community. Uh, a lot of it centers around this place called Indra's A Warehouse. That's actually where we held our first Central Texas Freedom Cell Network meetup during the height of all the lockdown and panic. And there's a lot of people that like came to the meeting and were like, oh my God, are we gonna get in trouble? They're gonna, they're gonna raid the place. Uh, there's just so much fear back during that period. But yeah, there's a really solid spiritual community. And that's the cool thing about the Freedom Cell Network, in large part because uh, Derek Bros with the Conscious Resistance Network, right? A, a big element of his work it has to do with meditation, self-reflection, uh, self-development, and spirituality. So because he was one of the folks that really drove a lot of interest to the Freedom Cell Network, he attracted people that were like him. And so there's a lot of spiritually conscious people that are in the freedom cell network which manifests itself in per capita less drama than any other freedom or activist group I've ever been a part of there's been a lot you know it was in the libertarian world and the political world and there's just so much drama and infighting it's like nobody has time for that bs but there's a lot of folks that are just really focused on doing and building but yeah there's a lot of o- overlap with folks that are into the whole 5D thing handbook for a new paradigm yoga, spirituality, a lot of dance, a lot of creativity, a lot of artistic expression. And I think it's all just part of our thing that we're doing. We have to express ourselves through art, come together through art. Uh, dance is a big part of it, ecstatic dance. Uh, in fact, there were underground ecstatic dances that took place during the lockdowns. And I mean, you're getting together with a bunch of sweaty bodies, definitely not social distancing, not a mask in sight, and at the end of the day, nothing could be better for the immune system than mixing it up with all these folks and all the germs and stuff. So really beautiful community that we have here in Central Texas. You uh, mentioned the Greater Reset. We're doing the Greater Reset 4 co-creation is the title. Greater Reset 4 co Co-creations taking place January 18th through the 22nd. The cool thing about that event is like, one of the things I like to do with my events is this virtual in-person hybrid. And we have people, uh, that by the the, high, the virtual tickets, they tune in on Zoom. And then behind me, I have these big four quad screens. And so we take the Zoom participants and we put them on the quad screens so the physical audience can see the virtual, the virtual audience can see the physical. And then when people ask questions in the, in the Zoom room, we bring them up on the screens. really cool. But the Greater Reset takes it a step further. And not only is it virtual, free for everyone to attend, but we're simulcasting from Mexico and Central Texas at the same time, really special. Not only that, but we bring together a really powerful cast of innovators, activists, entrepreneurs, just people that are doing amazing work in the world. And so we're gonna be doing it again, January 18th through the 22nd. Uh, we'll be announcing the venues and ticket sales for in-person attendees. And of course, anyone can jo- join absolutely free. It's more of a community related event. We just wanna make it as accessible as possible. So anyone can join for free. Uh, If you wanna learn more, you can go to thegreaterreset.org, thegreaterreset.org. But as far as where I see things going, um, I think the inflation is going to persist. I think there's going to be greater civil unrest as these food shortages and supply chain breakdowns come to fruition. With that unrest will come greater authoritarianism, essentially the scenario that was laid out in Rockefeller Foundation's lockstep document, right? Um, So what I encourage people to do is, I'm not a big fan of the whole research and focusing so much on the problem thing, but let us understand where things are going so as to strategically navigate around them or insulate ourselves from the problems to come. So it's very important that people are consciously crafting their life in a way where they can be resilient through the challenging times to come. A lot of that has to do with growing your own food, uh, linking up with local food producers, community supported agriculture, doing this meat share thing that we just did, Uh, trying your best to get out of the city where a lot of the uh, turmoil is going to take place. You know, at the end of the day also, it's really difficult to pursue freedom when you're broke and struggling and you're in a survival mode. And so much of your mental energy and time and effort is focused on just making ends meet and paying off that bill or that debt. So I'm a big fan of entrepreneurship. If someone's employed full-time, I mean, I'm just barely getting started by the time I reach 40 hours in a given week. You know, I got another 20 or 30 to go sometimes. So there's always more time where people can pursue a side hustle, for example. I encourage people to grow their own food, become more self-reliant, try to get out of the city, Try to do what you can to produce more income by helping people to solve their problems and producing value for other people. And then nothing could be more important than finding the others, finding the people in your area that believe what you believe, that recognize we're sovereign beings, that recognize we have a right to bodily autonomy, that recognize where things are going, but more importantly, They are focused on creating a better world for themselves in the present, for their children, and for the future generations to come. And what we're doing in our work with the Freedom Cell Network is creating that environment where people can find one another. Freedomcells.org, Freedomcells.org, and I'm putting together this workshop that I hope your your audience will attend: the "Ex and Build Homesteading on a Budget" workshop, where we're going to teach you how to get off grid, how to become more food self-sufficient, how to Get creative to get land, and we're going to teach you how to do it in a very scrappy way. So nobody gets left out, anybody can do it. And again, that's taking place September 3rd. And I hope as many people as possible will attend because we're going to provide some really good, solid information and guidance for people.
1: Fantastic, John. Um, while you gentlemen were talking here, I just created my profile on uh, your network there. So that's why I was a little crap. Right. So I'm uploading. Um, you know what I'd love to contribute to this is um, the element of uh, taking care of your body, and from what you grow on your homestead, learning how to create medicines. I mean, very powerful medicines, so that you never have to rely on, you know, even uh, the local nature path. You can take care of yourself. And the other benefit I think of homesteading that maybe we didn't mention is because you are doing hard labor you do stay physically fit. And it's a lot different than just going to the gym, you know, because you're you're digging holes, you're lugging, you know, big boulders around, at least we do around here. And it gets you fit in a whole different way. And that is a very important thing, I, an element to your psyche, you know, when you're strong in your body, when you have endurance, uh, you know, it, it's just all part of the package. And I think, Uh, The thing that most people are missing that are behind the keyboards these days is they aren't taking care of their bodies. They don't have that level of endurance and fitness. So very, very important that we become a sturdy people again. So I look forward to uh, working with you here. I got my profile all set up and I'm going to start plugging in and and join you guys. Thanks so much for being with us today, John. Also on that note, Bear, besides, you know, when you're digging swale trenches
0: and doing all this work in the end, you have abundance from the food element. So that's a that's sort of a feedback mechanism that gives you a reward that helps benefit your psychological kind of connection to your body and to the land. And that is health right there. Health 101, and so this sort of we've done shows in the past on agrarianism and how you know this country was so great, the United States, because it was mostly agrarian in the you know 1800s, and it was still on a gold standard, right? So people had a long time preference. They were looking towards the future because they knew they could save and they could they could have um, you know future generations thriving because of their efforts today on the ground, and so I think that's another very important aspect for people leaving the city and going into homesteading is going back into this agrarian mindset of the land connection that's not only healthy for your body but your mind and your spirit and that you're getting that immediate feedback from all the hard sweat equity is actually you're getting you're feeding yourself and your family and and that whole like connection to the spiritual connection to the actual food you're growing that you've put the seeds for instance in your mouth if you do that or you're literally your hands have touched that soil when that now that plant is connected to you versus even going to a farmer's market. So, excuse me, just amazing. The benefit, the health benefits of this lifestyle. It's just uh, so full spectrum.
1: And the final comment to that is our new alpha Vedic uh, private trust, which is how we're, you know, moving everything into the private from here on out is we are also a humanitarian foundation in the private And uh, our whole mission statement, um, our whole spiritual context is about seven generations. So everything we do here on our farm, we are thinking that many generations down the road. So we're not just feeding ourselves. We're creating the conditions where all of our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren will also be able to eat, thrive, and be prosperous. Yep. Yep so important we're tying all these things in
0: uh john and i will get on freedom cells as well we're all coming together it's just so fun to see all these communities sort of intermingling you do have an open invite to come out to music and sky i know that might be tough for you this go-around but um, we are decentralizing even Music and Sky. We're doing a workshop for those in other parts of the country or world that want to come and get certified to be a Music and Sky producer so that they can put on a Music and Sky in their neck of the woods. So we very well, with Alex Zek getting involved, he's coming out and talking at Music and Sky and Health, Food and Humanity is now an official sponsor. Uh, we could very well see a Music and Sky uh, Austin in the near future. And maybe that could uh, parallel with the greater reset. Uh, so, uh, you know, so much uh, amazing uh, stuff's come out of just your work and what Dr. Lando's brought to the world in terms of inspiring people to develop uh, their own um, creative leadership. And uh, I hope those that are listening uh, that maybe are still seeking that are inspired today to join Freedom Cells. Join us at Alpha Vedic. Our private membership is, is very close to launching. Uh, join us on Telegram. Join John. Uh, on Telegram, John. I will put all the links in the show notes below. We will premiere this on LooshTube as soon as we get out of timeout in a day or so. Unfortunately, still a massive amount of our audience is on there, um, guys. If you are listening to this, please go join Unite Live. Go join us on our um, on our uh, on Cordal on all these other alternative platforms because we cannot. Uh, you know, recommend this enough because we don't know how much longer we'll be on these centralized uh, systems. So, uh, John, uh, real quick for our audience, what is the best way for people to find you and connect with you, sir?
2: Uh, people can uh, check out my website, livefree.academy, livefree.academy. And if you go to livefree.academy slash email, I believe it is livefree.academy slash email, you can join my uh, daily email newsletter Uh, where i'm constantly giving updates on all the cool stuff that we're doing
0: awesome and maybe you could do a little freestyle uh on those do you do those ever send those out because i was really impressed man at that event where you just started got on the mic and did that that was really cool dude so so cool to see everybody that's really like active in the scene has so many cool talents you know uh and anyways that was fun i can't wait to see you again in person man um definitely uh Talk to Derek, too, about getting Bear uh, hooked up into Greater Reset. He's got so much to bring to the table. It would be great to see Bear. I'd love to see you, Bear, come out to Austin with me, man. Uh, You could relive your old football days uh, going out there because Bear actually played, you know, against Texas uh, and got to go out there and play in the big stadium. But uh, either way, (laughs) what's that?
1: I hate Texas. The last time we played them, we just kicked their crap out of them the whole game. And then Homestown officiating, you know, in Texas Stadium, they're just flag one minute left and they beat us by a point. Total bullshit.
0: <laughs> that's great, man. Uh, not great that you lost, but that's so funny, man. It's just like they love their football out there. Uh, Friday Night Lights, baby. So, uh, okay. Well, thanks so much, John, for joining us today. Uh, any final last inspiring parting words for our community
2: uh just believe in yourself and through mindfulness you can interrupt thought patterns that are not uh helping that are hurting and really you can take control of that monologue or dialogue whatever you want to call it and you can shift it away from bringing you down because a lot of people they're their own worst enemy you can flip the script and utilize your mind in order to be your very best friend. That can be a wonderful tool and aid
0: you in the pursuit of greatness.
1: Well said, my friend. Thank you again.
0: Thanks, y'all. Beautiful. Beautiful. Go join uh, John on his networks. Go join Freedom Cells and support all the beautiful work he does. Uh, and uh, definitely join us on that uh, next upcoming workshop. I have a link uh, below and I'll put that on telegram if you are new to alphavedic join us at telegram at t.me forward slash alphavedic or on discord at alphavedic.com forward slash discord the best place to go however is alphavedic.com join our mailing list get ready for our new system to launch we'll be streaming uh, private streams on that network and uh, eventually that will be on Cordal as well as we launch q so I cannot wait. Exciting, exciting stuff coming uh, right around the bend here. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed the chat. Please share this with your friends and family. And uh, we'll see you next time next week with Devin Verana. She may be coming live from the farm as she's coming out to our law workshop, which will be fantastic. And um, definitely get outside, get your feet in the dirt, uh, go for a hike, go plant something, start a garden, do whatever you can uh, to get in touch with Mother Nature. She's our best teacher and we owe her a lot. So get in touch with her. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks.